Hello and welcome to WNHH's Dateline New Haven. I'm Paul Bass inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make New Haven tick. And it's Mayor Monday, everybody, and we got the mayor here in the studio. Now, usually that is Mayor Tony Harp. Right now, Mayor Tony Harp was last spotted at the Great Wall in China. I'm not making that up. And uh, she's leading a delegation of New Haven officials, both public and private, and the president of Albertus Magnus, on a trip to China with a couple of missions. She's uh, meeting with the heads of businesses she would like to convince to invest in, America, in, in, in New Haven and create some jobs. These are businesses already interested in locating in New England or Northeast uh, Connecticut. She's saying, hey, think about New Haven. We need some jobs here. We're a good city. And traveling with her in her entourage is the Board of Alders President, Taisha Walker. So usually when a mayor is out of state, the board president fills in as the mayor, as the acting mayor. But now she's gone. So the next person in line is Jeanette Morrison. And you may not know this, folks. You know this now. Right now, Jeanette Morrison is the mayor of New Haven. Now, she usually makes New Haven tick as a leading member of the Board of Alders, a social worker, and a force to be reckoned with in the Dixville neighborhood. But and this, as the mayor, Tony Harp, is leading the delegation to Chang Sha, Jeanette is here in the WNHA studio for a weekly Mayor Monday checkup on what she and we are up to in the Elm City. Welcome, Mayor Morrison. Thank you, Paul, for having me. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. And I won't try to ask you for any jobs for any of my friends to get rid of any parking tickets, even <laughs> though you're the mayor. That's what we're supposed to ask mayors. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if you have a question for the mayor, feel free to pop it to us via Facebook Live. You go to the New Haven Independent Facebook page, and you uh, just put your, your question right there. And uh, we want to thank Gateway Community College and Bertrand Moses PC for providing financial support for today's program. So, Mayor Morrison, it's been, what, five days? Yes, Thursday. So how's, it, how's, how's your mayoralty going? It's going great. It's going great. I, um, you know, one of the things that I've committed to the staff is to make sure that I am in the mayor's office or conference room um, by 530 every day. Because you have a day job, right? Yes. yes. You're a social worker with the I'm, state? Is I'm it? actually a, um, a DCF supervisor. Um, this is my 25th year. Wow. And um, so I have to work. Uh, that job is from eight to five. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I committed to the staff to make myself available um, at 530 every day, at least until six, because I always have meetings at City Hall around six o'clock. But just so they know that I'm there um, for them. And sometimes I know that acting mayors do get called in to sign documents or to represent the city at events. I believe you told me that after this show, we got to let you go early for this reason. The governor's coming to town. Yes. He's going to be at Wilbercross, is it? Yes. To announce yes. the latest graduation statistics. Yes. And uh, as the mayor of the city, you're going to be there. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so proud of those young people. So proud because, you know, a lot of times young people in public schools, they get a bad rap. But our kids, we have wonderful kids, wonderful kids. So I'm so glad that the governor is coming down to recognize just that. So what's some of the stuff you've done as mayor filling and what's it been like? It's been fun. Can you tell me something specifically that you've done? Um, well, yeah, I, I guess it's fun. I, like I said, um, since Thursday, I go down at 530 um, every day. Um, this past Friday, I went to the, um, I called it the Old Palace. It's called the... The Criterion Cinemas. No, the College. Oh, College Street Music Hall. Yes, I went to the College Street Music Hall. We all call it the Old Palace. Yes, the College Street Music Hall. And so this wonderful comedian, her name is um, Tiffany Haddish. She had a starring role in um, a movie called Girls Trip. 
Mm-hmm. And so I that was, was able. A, that's, that's a classic among certain folks. Yes, right? yes, yes. And it, it was great to meet her um, because she has a wonderful story. She grew up in foster care. And I've seen her on TV talking about this. I guess on the vid- high, uh, viral videos, she's very humble about it. Yes. She talks about how she had a, eventually had a good experience, right? In yeah. foster care. Yes. I, I literally just bought her book um, and I'm trying to go through it now, but the fact that she grew up in foster care and a lot of what she does is to help the foster care system. And believe me, the system needs it very bad. So what, what was your role as mayor there? Were you giving her a plaque to the city? Uh, or no, something? no. I, I just went to the, to the show and I was able to meet her and then just thank her for, um, coming to New Haven. Um, cause I believe New Haven, um, is the only place that she's going to be in Connecticut. Um, so many shows happen. It's kind of under the radar. You yeah. know that, that um this Mayor Hart administration got that place filled when Yale tried to block it for more than ten years. Right. And they there were times in the summer there were six night six heavily attended shows and six nights there bringing people from the whole region and spending money in New Haven and yeah. very nice place. I yes. like that theater. Yes, it's very nice. And then you also it's said so- that as the mayor you were um at the opening of some movie involving a dog in New Haven. What yes. was that all about? Um so on yesterday and I, I learned this over over the last few days on yesterday um i served as mayor there was a movie premiere of stubby the dog and people are like you're going to to a movie about a dog but this (laughs) this is an animated movie about a real life story usually you see animated movies they're fake but this was an animated movie about a dog who was considered a rescue dog um here in new haven during world war one and um, to make a very long story short, he ended up on the um, training grounds, which is right on the New Haven Green. Um, and he trained. He, he found a guy that fed him a cookie and he fell in love with the guy. And so he trained with him and his troop. And when they were leaving, he left them with the cook. But he learned so well through his training. He escaped from the cook and jumped on the train and then jumped and got onto the boat. And once it was recognized that he was there, they let him stay. Wait, Stubby. Stubby. So Stubby went to war. Yes, Stubby went Stubby to war. Stubby was a New Havener who went, who's a New Haven vet of World War One. Yes, and he Double has, meaning of vet. Yes, and he has saved so many lives um, during that time where he made rank as sergeant. So his name Whoa, is Sergeant, Sergeant Stubby. Star, Sergeant Stubby. You have to go out um, and see it. It comes out April Thirteenth. So I this believe. is a preview. I hear at an event, right? Yes, yes, yes. So it was so good to um, be there. You had all these um, war veterans and different. As people. you showed me the photo, so there were World War War vets still around. No. Oh, kids I, of them. Yeah, kids and others. Because we have a, that we have the, we have a hundredth anniversary of the armistice race coming up. I guess it was last. Yeah, coming up. Right. And Bill McMullen, who works for the city, we had a radio show about this. An article is doing part, a recreation organizing recreation on the green right and that was basically considered the kickoff of the 100th um celebration or you know recognition of world war one and what did you do as mayor what was your role as mayor jeanette i was just there greeting and and thanking people for coming um to new haven and thanking the director and all the people that made this um movie come to life um for having the premiere in new haven remembering that the dog did come from New Haven. And the thing that I liked about his story was that he was someone that was so unassuming, someone that came from the rough and had the biggest impact on on 
on the world, basically. And I look at New Haven, I look at the, our Board of Alders as individuals such as that. We're all from different backgrounds. And to come to the Board of Alders and now make such an impact on the city um, is so great. So, you know, New Haven's the, the city of first. And uh-huh. so he's the first dog. Every, but usually it's everything that's fir- round and flat. Frisbees, pizza, clocks, that kind of stuff. Right. But we now we have the dog. That's it. Now we got the dog. <laughs> we got the dog. And what, what else? Uh, anything else on Saturday you did as mayor? Um, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. No, I just I had a meeting. I, I, was it a mayor I, meeting? Uh, no, it wasn't a mayor meeting. Was you know, busy as an alder? Uh, yes, yes. So I'm the treasurer of the um, Black and Hispanic Caucus, and so um, once a month I have a, a little meeting to get our report done mm-hmm. um, in regards to the finances. So basically, that was it. And have you had to sign anything or anything as mayor? No. no. And what happens when no. you went into the mayor's office at five thirty each day? What's what's going on there? So basically, some of the staff, they come to see if I need anything from them or they give me a briefing about things that are going on or that will um, happen. And so it's pretty interesting how, you know, as an alder, you're always looking for everyone. So as the mayor, everyone comes to you. So who came to you on Thursday and Friday? Um, so the chief of staff. Um, Esther Armand, who is our legislative um, liaison. Well, that's kind of interesting because usually she her job is to go talk to you as an alder for the mayor. Right. So now this time she came to talk to you as the mayor about what she's doing with the alders. Yeah, and I and I believe that um, Esther's just making sure that I'm okay, mm-hmm. and I I appreciate that. We had um, you know Michael Gormady, our finance um, um, director, come and. I said, did I need to do anything, Mike? He was like, no, I just want to make sure if you needed me for anything. And our new CSA, Dr. Moulet, um, called and checked in with Community me. Services Administration. Yes, yes. Our- and plus, so you hear if there's an emergency. Oh, yes. So like, yes. I remember once we had our biggest snowstorm since the 1800s in 2013. Right. The mayor then was John DeStefano, and he was in Europe. And the president of Board of Alders, George Perez, was at all the um, briefings of the EOC. He was helping make some decisions about when plows would go where and how resources were distributed and what emergencies were called and how. So hopefully, Jeanette, we are not going to have a snowstorm. We're all kind of tired of the snow in April. I'm tired, too. But I'm ready. I I look at this role as almost like my role um, that I used to have working on the hotline, the after-hours service um, for DCF. You can get called at any time of the night or day Mm -hmm. um, to go out and um, handle emergencies. And so that's how I'm looking at this role. I'm I'm available. And hopefully there won't be emergencies. I hope But you're there in case we need them. Exactly. What did you do with DCF on the hotline? Um, Well, as a hotline worker, basically, if there's an emergency that happens after hours, you're called and you you go out and you deal with the emergency. Sometimes you might have to remove children. Oh, from so you homes. didn't you didn't operate the phones? You actually were the worker. Yeah, the actual worker. And you've had to remove people from homes. Yeah, yeah. But over 25 years, you've probably you know, I've probably done a lot of DCF mm-hmm. stuff. But we've done a lot of great stuff too. All a right. Great stuff. And and when you're listening to the great stuff on. Mayor Monday on WNHH 103.5 FM, your home for community radio, live teamed at newhavenindependent.org. We're talking to the acting mayor of New Haven, Dixwell Alder Jeanette Morrison, who's filling in with enthusiasm for Tony Harp while she's in China and for Board of Alders President Taisha Walker while she's accompanying the mission. What is your title on the Board of Alders that puts you next in line? 
I'm the what they call the president pro tempore. See now in Hartford State Senate, isn't that the number one person? Isn't Marty Looney the president pro tempore in uh in the state senate? Yes. But here we have pre- what does that all mean? I don't know Latin. I, I, to be honest, I'll be honest. I don't know. But be- you're next in line. I'm next. And in you line. know that. Yeah, I do know that. And I know that Bob is next in line uh, with a phone call. Let me uh let me just see if uh yep we've set the call. Let me, let me turn on his phone. Oh, we got his phone. Bob, you're on the line with Mayor Jeanette Morrison. How you doing, buddy? Okay, how are you? Hello, good. Jeanette. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? I uh, could be better, but, you know, it's another day. What's wrong? The weather's good. You're not feeling good or what, Bob? <laughs> yeah, sometimes under the weather. Okay. But, um, Sorry to hear I that. feel I wanted better. to ask Jeanette how she felt being the mayor, and would she do it on a full-time basis? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, um, it felt good. I don't know if I would um, be mayor on a full-time basis. That's a very demanding job. It seems like the mayor's job is um, 24 hours because mm-hmm. you're you're responsible for an entire city. And at any given time, something um, can happen or go on. Or um, So I'm not exactly sure if I would like to do that on full-time. But any time that I'm needed, I'm right there. All right. Anything else, Bob? You're good. Yeah, I had one other question. Ed. How is the Q House project coming along in um, your ward? And uh, I'll listen to your response. Thank you, Bob. And the Q House, you know, was the was the fabled uh, community center where generations of New Havers grew up in Dixwell with after-school programs and social services. It's been closed for a lot of years. Jeanette, as the Ward 22 Alder, including that neighborhood, has been the single leading person to bring back the Q House well, not her, single, Paul. But with a whole she, group of people. Oh, yes. And yes. she and the group that she helped spearhead convinced the city and the state to pour in, how much now is it, $20 million? Um, $15.5. million. $15.5 million to rebuild it. We're about to break ground, right? Well, right. We had back in um, November, I think it was either November 5th or the 4th of 17, um, we had our groundbreaking ceremony. We had over 300 people in Dixwell um, celebrating the fact that um, the building had been knocked down, and um, we will be putting shovels in the ground this summer. And this the ex- summer. The expectation is that the building will be complete um, December 2019. It's hard to accomplish something in politics. I always say that when you're elected to a year term, in addition to unexpected emergencies, you need to focus on one or two issues you're really going to carry the ball on and follow through because it takes years and years often and that's sort of, this has been your biggie, right? Yeah, this is... Um, and why was this, this so is, important to you? Um, well, it's been seven years. I'm a Q House kid. Um, and anyone that's been to the Q House, you consider yourself a Q House kid. But the Q House has been a staple in Dixville since 1924. This is the one entity that helped um, a lot of African-American people migrate, um, who migrated from the South into the North to work in the Winchester, you know, system um and to help families and to also keep children safe it's yeah. a, a safe haven and um and so we need that even though you know we don't have the big migration like we did the people that are here now the children that are here now they need a safe haven and i uh, and it's also going to include an enlarged new home for the yeah. stetson library yeah so i'll, I'll just i'll just tell the the whole thing about um the kiosk so we just knocked down, um, well, not just, uh, the beginning of last year. Um, we knocked down um, a 20,000-square-foot building, 
And the plan is to build a 54,000 square foot building, which it will include um, about 30,000 square feet of the building will be the Q house. And in the Q house portion, there'll be a full size gym, a museum, rooms for dance, rooms for um, exercise, um, computers, even we're even going to have a DJ um, space because kids love music. Um, So we'll have that. But then the Stetson Library is coming from across the street. And that'll be a brand new 21st century state-of-the-art two-floor um, library. Then the Dixwell-Newhallville seniors, they haven't had a permanent home. They're and at the so, Outreach Center now, right? Um, r- right. Well, they're in the church, the basement of the church, um, Bethel Church. And so they're going to get um, a brand new um, space for them, permanent space, which includes rooms for them to do their different things, including a commercial kitchen. And then the Hill Health Center will be um, moving over um, their Dixwell um, office into the um, the Q House. So it's going to be your one-stop shop, and we're so excited. Mayor Jeanette Morrison, you said you were a Q House kid. Yes. That means you grew up like thousands of others hanging out there in the afternoon and doing stuff. Yes. What did you do at the Q House? What was your so my thing? Activity? My thing was gymnastics. I had a wonderful gymnastics teacher by the name of Reggie Wilder and um, Tony Williams. And my mother, she always likes to keep me busy. And so um, she found Reggie at the um, Q House and started started me going to the Q House for gymnastics. And he always would encourage all of us. And there's so many people that came out. What kind of gymnastics did you do? Everything. Everything. Like pole vaults? uh, The vault. The floor. Not ropes. The vault. The floors. The uneven bars. Balance beam. And we were going to the Olympics. I was supposed to go to the Olympics in 1986. This is when, you know, I was about 10 um, or so. But then I always tell people when I got about 12, 13, I started noticing boys. And so my interest level in gymnastics got a little weak. And so I never made it to the um, Olympics. In 1986, you were 10? 86? No, no. Oh, in 80- looking ahead when you were 10, oh, you were looking yes. ahead to 86. Look, yes, yeah, that's what yes, I thought. No. Yeah, yeah. 1986, I was doing my I math. It wasn't adding up. Okay. No, no. I now, was did you grow 18. up in New Hallville, if I remember correctly? Uh, yes, I Where, grew up part? in. Um, the, the part that's closest to like St. Matthew's, the, what we call Ward 21. Uh-huh. Um, and so right near the uh, Munson Street area. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, for those who've been around for a while, I used to live behind Dr. Graciano's office. Mm-hmm. There's our apartment complex. How was it growing up in New Hope? Oh, I loved it. I lo- I love my community. Um, but I stayed right in my community, so there were a lot of places in New Haven that I didn't know. My mother used to let me walk. Me and my friends, we walked a lot, but you know, we had to be home by nine thirty mm-hmm. every night. You had to be home by nine thirty, and so it wasn't until I went to high school when I started learning about other areas. Where did you go to high school? Um, Hill House. Mm-hmm. Graduated. Excellent. I was um, a cheerleader, captain right. of the cheerleading squad. And I actually, and this is my claim to fame, I was Miss Hillhouse 86. What does my, that mean to be Hill, Miss Hillhouse? Oh, like you're prom like, queen? Yeah, you're like the prom queen. Yeah, and my friends are like, Jeanette, it's been 30 years. Over 30 <laughs> years, you still, yes, I still talk about. Then you I went to Boston University, if I'm not mistaken. I went to Morgan State University, which is mm-hmm. one of the HBCUs in Historically Baltimore. Historically Black College University. Yeah, which is um, in Baltimore, um, Maryland. Um, I graduated from there in 1990. And then I went to graduate school um, at Boston University and got my master's in social work. 
But then in 2001, after living in Boston a while, came back, got my job at um, DCF. Um, Department of Children and Families. Yes, oh, thank you. Um, and when I came back, I decided I needed to go to school again. And so I went and got an MBA from Southern. Um, you have an MBA, I didn't know that. Yeah. And why did you want a business degree? Because I always feel, well, when I was in graduate school for my social work degree, my teacher always said that they, I went into management and they wanted to teach people who have a social work heart to have a business mind. Mm. And so I just wanted to continue it. I really haven't used the degree yet, um, but I will. I do every day, to be honest. I was going to say you do. Not only do you bring up a family, but you're an alder. Yes. So in 2011, you were part of a whole new class of alders, including a bunch of women who have grown to take leadership roles on the board. I've watched you folks grow in the jobs, and you had a big new class of alders. A lot of them were had been involved in unions. Had you been involved in the state union? Oh, yes. Yes, I'm a union steward. And you still are? Yes. And yes. what... What is it that being in a union contributes to larger communal life? Like, Say why, why is it a good thing to be involved in a union? What does that do? It's a great thing to be involved in a union because, first of all, as far as work is concerned, you get a fair day's pay for a fair day's work. And a lot of times when you don't have unions, you know, your boss can just wake up and say, you know what, everybody, that, I have a black jacket on. Everyone that has a black jacket on, you know what, you're fired. Or you need to do this job. You need to do that job. You have rights as a worker. And and unions are people, people mm -hmm. from our community, people from our state. And so by making sure that um, jobs are negotiated, different rights are negotiated, that's a good thing because it makes for a happy life at work. And you get involved in stuff in general. So I've seen yeah. you help organize the annual Martin Luther King event um, at Wexler Grant School, and you teach people about getting involved in voting and politics. Is that through your sorority? Well, yes, my sorority um, in the um, Alpha Kappa Alpha um, Sorority Incorporated, um, they, they lead the charge, but there is a lot of um, sororities and fraternities and auxiliary groups that come together to put on the Martin Luther King Day Conference. And so since I've been an alder, um, one of the things I do, as you mentioned, is I teach um, what I call politics one on one, one one, just really helping um, folks understand local politics because a lot of times people just want to vote in the big presidential elections, things of that sort. But helping individuals understand that um, your local politics is what affects your daily life is so important for you to vote and make sure the right people are in the seat. So Doug Ray, the political scientist at Yale, coins the term civic density. Mm. He said what makes a community strong is when people get involved in stuff. Yes, right. It could be bowling leagues. It could be sororities. It could be board of alders. It could be Q house groups to get things together. It could be their unions. It could be their neighborhood groups, the Q house revival group. Yeah. He says that that's the stuff that goes under the radar, right. but makes the difference right. about whether we're a strong community that takes care of each other and gets things done or if where there's a community where it's just basically neglect. Right. 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 So, and I agree with that. And because, you know, it's a lot of long nights being on the board of alders. You oh, see, yes. there's those long meetings. I kind of know how you do it. Any secrets to get through a long meeting? No, they feed us. <laughs> oh, they feed us. Well, they, what, what? So now one thing you did as, as mayor this week is the mayor's office put out a release. I was trying to see what the news was. 
about democracy parking. Yes, this was something yes. you spearheaded as an alder. You made it happen because at first the city didn't want to do it. You want people to be able to park for free when they come to public meetings to encourage people to come to public meetings, that right. whole civic density question. So the lot, is it on Elm Street near Orange? You could park for free. You get the ticket validated if it's a public meeting? Yes. When did yeah. that start? That started actually, I believe, July. 2017. Yeah, why was there a reminder this week? Just to let people know about it. Well, there were a lot of kinks that we were trying to work out, you know, with um, the uh, Doug Housladen and his um, department. The head of traffic for the city, yeah. Yes, and so there were a lot of different little nuances and kinks and, you know, those little, you know, they always say the um, devil is in the details. And so just working all those things out. And so finally... We have our appropriate signage. We still have a couple more signs to put out, but we have our appropriate signage to allow. And are people using it? Yes, How people many? do. Um, the number is increasing, but I think by that, with that press release, the number will really increase. And did you have something to do with the press release going out to let people know? Um, yes. Yeah, so um, when I became acting mayor, um, the communications director, Lawrence, um, they contacted me and said, you know, Jeanette, um, let's put out the press release about um, the democ- democracy parking. Um, and we also have family parking also that we coined. Um, we have a relationship with Yale um, University, and they're allowing folks to park in their lot, lot 51 Street. on Temple Street. Or, so families can go to the library um, and enjoy one another without worrying about getting a ticket. All right, and Jeanette Morrison is the acting mayor right now. About May Harp and uh, Taisha Walker, the head of the board of Alders, are in China, drumming up business in New Haven and starting a sister city relationship yes. with Changsha, China. Jeanette has been an Alder for seven years in Canton, and some we just talked about democracy parking, which is a big part of what she did. One of her recent projects, the Q House, getting that rebuilt, where she was a Q House kid in her word. It seems to me that so much is happening in Dixwell. It seems to me that Dixwell is starting to become a much different place when we look at it in a few years. Not only is there going to be a new Q house built, not only will um, the whole Dixwell Plaza, which is the commercial area that's built during a renewal, that got run down, not as occupied, that's going to be leaving. But now in Seatown, the old empty supermarket, I understand there's a big arts project going in there. Yes. What's that? Yes. You know, have you been in the loop on I, that? I, I have um, been somewhat in the loop, but... As you Con know, the, the building. yeah, Concat and Eric Clemens is doing a wonderful job with Concat, and it seems like anything he touches just turns to gold. But the just so folks understand the border lines, the border line um, for Ward between Ward Twenty One and Ward Twenty Two goes right down the middle of Dixwell. Oh. so I'm the Q, I'm the alder for the Q House side of Dixwell, and um, the. Uh, Library side, um, Seatown side would be Alder Steve Winter, mm-hmm. and so he's more in in the the whole details of everything that's happening. And that and that's right across the street. And then there's also the old Bicknell plant near Hill House. That's becoming an art center as well with Titus, you know, the, the yes, famous artist, yes, and they're gonna studios street. and everything on Henry. Yeah. So that's gonna make things a lot different. Right near Elephant in the Room. Yes. Jim, is that <laughs> Elephant in the Room? And I mean, you add all that together, and then Munson Street. There are two projects that are big happening on Munster Street, the Edge of Parking Science Park. So you were involved in discussions to make sure the community was involved in hundreds of new apartments. 
are going to be built where an empty factory has just sat for years doing nothing at yeah. Munson near the old Cardinals Club yes. near Henry, yes. where they, they branch off. How do you feel about that project? I'm, I'm glad that it's happening. Um, you know, we have Monterey Place in the Dixville community, but Newhallville hasn't really had a lot of development. And so this is um, a great opportunity for development. You know, people want to live in nice, you know, nice and, and be comfortable. And so um, there will be some market rate apartments, but there will also be affordable apartments, too. And so I'm really looking forward to um, that happening. Then right across the street from that, on the other side where it's not necessarily Munson, I guess it's considered Henry, there's another vacant lot where they're going to build an elderly tower, and you've been involved in those discussions, yes, too. Yes, How, so uh, that is my ward. That That's my ward. And so the um, senior building on uh, 114 Bristol Street has been around uh, forever. Um, my grandfather used to um, really? live there. I used That's to help my grandmother yeah, um, um, help, you know, take care of my grandfather. But it's had, if I'm 50, that place has to been there like 60 or 70 years. And so the, the building just doesn't work anymore. And it's it's not, it's coming apart. And so um, there was a RFP that Request went out. Request for proposals. Um, yeah, and for that, um, for that lot. And... Um, there were like three different um, developers that came to the table. Um, but when I knew that someone came to the table and wanted to develop senior housing to replace um, housing for um, Bristol Street, I was I was completely sold because I, everyone knows Jeanette loves the seniors. And then and Bristol also, they're going to rebuild that, right? The That building? I don't know exactly what's going to happen with that building, but one thing I do know, because it's under Monterey, one thing I do know is that the city has the first right of refusal. Mm-hmm. So it's in my war, so you know I'll be involved. David Bailey writes in. Thank you for listening, David Bailey. My sister, Jay Morrison, that's you, yes. has love, respect, and belief in New Haven, CT, and its constituents. Therefore, when she believes the time is right, please vote Morrison for mayor. Oh. And my colleagues and I strongly approve this message, Matthew 7, 7. Thank you for listening, David Bailey. Thank you for posting yeah. and listening to Mayor Monday with uh, Jeanette Morrison, who is filling in as mayor, acting yes. mayor, while Tony Harp and Taisha Walker, the president of the Board of Alders, are in China yes. trying to make things happen with yes. uh, for New Haven over there. Another big change in your ward, Jeanette, maybe it's not in your ward, but your ward is partly Dixon, partly the edge of Yale. Yes. There are two new residential colleges. Yes. Are those in your ward? Yes. Then, I'm the only ward that is 50% or about 50% um, permanent Dixville residents and 50% students in Fountain So Yale. you're on that town-gown divide. Yes. How are your relations with town and gown, with Yale and the city? How do you get along with Yale? How do, you, how do your parts of the ward come together? I, I get along very well. One thing I can say about um, Karen Keene. And, um, She's Yale's what, community outreach person? Yes, and Lauren Zucker. Nice woman, yeah. Yeah, they always keep me informed about the things that they want to do. Um, as far as Yale is concerned. And so like one of the most recent things was the, you know, um, by the Yale well, the hockey rink where they had the vendors in the parking lot. Um, when we made some changes around um, special vending areas, um, we all worked together to make sure that the vendors did not have to leave that area. And so even though they're not in the parking lot anymore, they're actually on the sidewalks and the way that, um, the sidewalks and dent um, is very safe. And mm-hmm. so the vendors um, who, you know, they depend on their money. Um, they weren't dislocated. They just 
had to come out of the parking lot and um, be there. And so that was a very good um, um, relationship, you know, and just trying to work together to make Those sure. Those two buildings from the outside look beautiful. I've never been inside. Have you, the two new residential colleges? Say that again? Have you been in the new residential Oh, yes. Place? I hear they're beautiful. Oh, they are. They are. They're like many cities, huh? Yeah. yeah. So what's that going to mean for wards? So obviously it's going to raise the property values in the ward. It's going to be more expensive to live in that part of the ward eventually, right? With that, the people believe in residential college. How is that going to affect your constituents? And what, if anything, can the city or Yale do about that? Um, well, as far as people leaving on the ward, people have told me, like, yeah, I'm moving because my landlord went up on the rent. Um, you mean like right near the colleges? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because um, you live two blocks away, but you own a condo, right? Yes, I've been in my condo for... So it's not going to affect you? 24 years. Oh. Was that McCabe Manor? Yeah, McCabe Named Manor. after Eugene McCabe. Oh, yeah. Well, you do your homework. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, he was a friend of Warren Kimbrough, who was a friend of mine who's not uh, around anymore. Oh, okay. But okay. Uh, so what's that going to mean? So some of your people are already telling you, cause land, why are their landlords raising the rent? Are they fixing up their properties or just thinking they can get more because Yaley's want to come in? They, I think both. I think a little bit of both. And, you know, that's their property and they have the right, you know, that's why people invest. Um, they have the right to do what they want with their um, properties. Um, but I have not heard anyone feel disrespected in any kind of way as far as the property mm -hmm. um, is concerned. I haven't heard anyone say, oh, my rent, you know, was one thing this month, but there's something else for next month and I have to get out of here. I haven't heard of that. But you've heard people leave when their leases are up and they go, the rents go up? Yes. How many people? Um, it wasn't a lot because that, that area is kind of, you have permanent homeowners that they live in the property, but then you have some, you know, houses sure. that are, um, they sublet mm -hmm. a lot. And so. Um, and there are apartments in a few of the units. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, I don't, I don't get a lot of complaints, um, but you know, we, we live in that area. Um, but one thing Anytime I get a complaint about anything from anybody, especially when it comes to Yale or anyone, mm -hmm. I go right to the source to talk about what can we do to solve And down this. the block from you on Winchester, 235 Winchester, is that hulking building that finally got torn down. They've been empty for so long that Kenny Hill owned the football player. Yes. What's going to happen now? I just noticed there's some kind of sale in the works or something or a new mortgage well, for construction. Yeah, he's supposed to be building it. And I definitely have my eye on that building and the other building that he has on the corner of um, Tilton. A block away that had um, the fire. Yeah, yeah. And so... Have you met with him about it or gotten an update? Um, I, I did get a recent update that he was able to get whatever funding that was necessary mm -hmm. to do what it, what was needed. And so um, they, the city has put him on notice. Like, you need to get it done because I've really been pushing the city. Like, okay, um. Every time I come out of my parking lot and I take a left out of my driveway, um, I have to look at that. And that's unfair to me and unfair to the rest of um, the residents. Mm -hmm. And uh, But it is better that it's down now, right? Because it's kind oh, of a yeah. hazard. Oh, yes. Yes. It's still the awning. If yeah. you look, it's just one little brick awning and that's it. So, um, But I think that he's getting ready to... Um, do all that's necessary to build it back Well, Jeanette up. Morrison, you have many responsibilities. Mayor, we're going to let you go soon. Quickly on the budget, people are upset about 11% tax increase being proposed, but we also need to pay for services. Do you support the tax increase? What's going to happen with the budget? Well, I'm, I'm, I always tell people, as alders, we're residents too, so we don't want the taxes to go up. 
um, but I don't want services to decrease. And I think a lot of times people don't really understand the fact that the reason why taxes tend to go up because there are some fixed costs that need to be paid for every service that we receive, be it garbage, be it um, traffic lights, anything, there is a person behind that. And that means there's a payment, pension and medical. And those things go up every year. And with the state cutting us so much, um, cutting us and the Board of Ed um, and the fact that all these fixed costs um, are increasing, taxes, they, they do increase. Now, as far as 11 percent, I'm not holding on to that number because I go to each board meeting and I listen intently um, to every department head that comes to our table to, that describes their budget and their needs. Because if there's any fat, we have to cut Do you see that anything fat. that maybe you want to prove, like the mayor's social media person or the escape, which is a couple of years um, behind schedule and way over budget? Well, you know, we're still listening. I, I, I don't want to put it out there either way. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still listening. Um, I know that the, the escape is almost ready. Um, you know, when you, you go into buildings like that, you never think about like the HVAC system and the roof and things of that sort um, wouldn't be, you know, as functional as you initially thought. So I know that the escape um, is coming and I'm excited about that personally and both for the city personally because of my job as a social um, as worker. a as a social worker supervisor for um, the department of children and families that's going to be a place where a lot of our homeless teens can go um for services and they need them it breaks my heart anytime i get called about a young person that is basically homeless it's sad. and so the escape is really really going to um, really help a lot of teens. And so I'm thankful to Jason Bartlett, um, the youth services director, for coming up with this idea and, you know, pushing through. Mayor Jeanette Morrison, you've been accepted to the campaign, Women's Campaign School at Yale. Yes. This is the year of the woman in politics. A record number of women are running for Congress. Yes. The campaign school grooms women to run. Why did you apply and when are you going to attend? Um, I applied because I, I happened to go to lunch with a, a very good friend of mine and we went to, um, who's a supporter of the Women's Campaign School. And when we went, there was this great speaker and I just looked around at all these women and, and just listening to the things that they were talking about. I said, oh, I would love to be involved in something like this. And so this go round for 2018 came. I applied, got my recommendations. I put it out there. And then um, I was given my acceptance letter in hand by the executive director, um, Patty Russo, um, during the um, panel discussion that the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated and the NAACP put on um, a few weeks ago about women and politics. And she presented me with my acceptance. All right. So good luck with that. I will so that's Bob's enter question. July, no, July, June 11th. And Bob's question was, if you ever want to run for mayor one day, David Bailey says he's in your corner. Is this campaign school going to be a first step to running for mayor? Um, I don't know if it will be the first step for running for mayor, but maybe it will be a first step for running for something else in the oh, future. okay. Well, good. I hope we'll have you back. Maybe not for mayor Monday, maybe for state rep Tuesday or something. Or... I can't do state rep because I work for the state. Okay. So there's a lot of different things that um, right. I can um, look at. Well, if there's one thing I have no doubt about. 
that Jeanette Morrison's going to be busy being involved in stuff for a long time in New Haven, whatever all that is. Thank you. And I appreciate that you made time in your busy schedule as acting mayor of New Haven yes. to fill in Tony Harp's seat here yes. at Mayor Monday. You did it quite well. Thank you. Thanks Thank for being here. You're heading now to Wilbur Cross to meet the governor yes. on the city's behalf. Yes. So let yes. me free you to go do the city, the, the people's work. Okay. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us today on Mayor Monday. Thanks to Gateway Community College and Birch and Moses PC for providing financial support for today's program. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free. Now, we know what it's like to be free. But sometimes we just got to remember to book our flight. Book your flight with us all day long and all night here at WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. <music>